Hi, welcome to Happier Ladies, a podcast where we discuss all things related to the happier and happier in Hollywood podcasts. We're sisters and super fans who can't get enough happier. So we created our own podcast to keep the conversation going. I'm Malika Amandi, a SoCal native living in Western Massachusetts, a new mom and an entrepreneur. I'm here with my sister, Azizi Williams. That's me. I live and work in the LA area. I'm a not so new mom and I'm an education professional in the independent school world. Azizi. Malika. It's snowing. Yay. I'm so happy for you. Finally. Anybody on the East Coast knows this day because the whole region has been waiting for snow and we had a lot of rain, but the first big snow. The pictures look beautiful. The video looks beautiful. I especially like seeing your son out there with all of his gear on. I can't imagine the work involved getting ready (laughs) to get into that. environment but it is very cute to look at it's just a relief to have the landscape change again i don't it's something that i've gotten used to now and so the fact that it was just gray and dreary sticks for so long was was really weighing (laughs) on me just sticks yeah (laughs) oh well i'm happy you you get a little snow in your life this winter thank you So what happened in Happier this week? On episode 463 of Happier, Gretchen and Liz complete the trifecta by sharing their 24 for 24 lists. And in More Happier, they express excitement for Taylor and Travis's relationship. Gretchen gives details about her happiness project revisited. And Liz discusses how she might keep physically active after her Fryman Canyon challenge. Well, I was inspired by Gretchen and Liz's list. There are 24 for 24. And I actually, this is the season where, you know, we're getting to hear so many goals on podcasts and I'm here for it. I love all of it. One of the things that Gretchen listed was list of 24 things that you enjoy now. Mm. She Like one of her items was, I want to make a list of 24 things I'm enjoying now. And some of the things that she listed were kind of fun and a little wacky, but or just very unique to who she is. And it's such a great time capsule. I think we should definitely do that list. I know I want to make a list like that. Yeah, that would be fun. It reminds me of our Thanksgiving lists, which used (laughs) to be, that was the beginning of it, the ethos of that activity around Thanksgiving, making a list of your favorite things right now. And then kind of on both of our parts, it evolved into a gift list for your relatives. But I think yeah. there is something really sweet about just what are you into and not having any rhyme or reason ar- around it except that you like things. I guess there's a little bit of controversy around it. <laughs> I think we talked about the the pressure that maybe I put on people to actually write things that they want to get and how hard that is for some people. But then again, something about uh, 24 things I'm enjoying now, I wonder if it would be different if I was just writing it for myself or if I was writing it to share. That's a good point. That's very different. What this reminds me of, I've seen some people do this in bullet journals 
of just having a go-to list of things you like so that when you're feeling mm-hmm. low, you can mm-hmm. yes. remind yourself of things that you enjoy and do something on your list or reconnect to that song that you really enjoy just as a kind of a personal way to keep tabs on what puts you in a good mood. Do you know what's interesting? My daughter, Ilea, one day she texted me and she said, <laughs> she texted me and she said, mom, what are some things I like? And I just was like, oh, and I texted her back some things that I know that she's liked mm-hmm. or things that she's good at and hobbies that she has. And then, you know, later on, she told me, oh, I had to fill out an application and I just completely forgot. And I thought, what? A, that's actually a good hack. It could be fun to that's do it for handy. each other. Yeah. Right. What what you tell me what you think I like or what I'm good at or what you've noticed about me. Ooh. I don't know. I think there's something there. There's there something, is there. something there. I like it. That's yeah. there's something yeah. there. We could try doing that for each other. Maybe not 24, but just like like, uh, everything you know about things I like, because also you forget over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. I forget about some of the things that brought me joy maybe when I was younger. And maybe these are things you remember or hobbies Mm. you remember me getting into that I liked. So I forget. (laughs) Interesting. Well, Maybe you don't, but I do. (laughs) Azizi, what happened on Happier in Hollywood? On Happier in Hollywood, episode 343, Sarah and Liz share their personal team goals for the year. They discuss what it means to break a story. And Sarah shares a product that will extend the life of your produce. Immediately when she started describing these little produce bags, I was like, Azizi has to get those. I could just (laughs) picture them in your fridge and a part of your fridge scape kind of having beautiful containers and things. I'm so excited about these. (laughs) I also immediately thought I need these. But but my thought was everyone needs these. It's funny that you thought Azizi needs these. (laughs) I knew it would resonate with you. I don't know that you need them, you know, in your fridge. But like, I knew that it would resonate and that it might be a product you would enjoy. I need them. And I also love berries and she talks specifically mm-hmm. about how the berries don't get moldy and they look beautiful and they're homemade and then that made me think i need to actually do that refrigerator refrigerator scape yes i need waiting. to have that moment in my life <laughs> now i what i know about it is that it won't last more than a day but even just to take a picture and yeah. to know that for a moment it was beautiful but it's going to start with these bags unfortunately i'm in my no spend moment Okay. So February. it's on a list. <laughs> on a, yes, it's on a list. I will have these by the end of the year. All right. So our first segment today is a listener Q&A moment. We asked, we got a few questions in, so we wanted to address them. Our first question is from Vicky in the UK. She wants to know about producing the podcast. So I'm going to paraphrase her question. She says, I would like you to discuss how you fit in creating it every week. You both have full-time jobs and kids. I'd love to know when you fit in household tasks. All right, Azizi, do you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll jump in. So I'll just start by talking about the actual production of the podcast. In a nutshell, I'm going to leave a lot of things out, but I'm going to just break it down in its most simple form. So we've fallen into a rhythm of having two meetings a week. And we have one meeting that's an admin meeting where we 
look at our email. We, you know, look at our Instagram. We think about where we're at in the calendar and, and think about script ideas, look at things on a macro level. We also do some goal setting and kind of following up. So that's meeting one. So we schedule about an hour to do that. And then we have a second meeting, which is where we just record. So that's where we record the episode. And that's maybe a little over an hour as well, you know, depending on the episode. So that's two meetings a week, plus we each have homework. So right now, Malika bears the weight of the editing. She's our amazing, fantastic editor. She spends countless hours oh boy. wrestling and grappling with the episode, cleaning it up, making it sound good. So Malika does the editing and then I do everything else. So I maintain, you know, our Instagram site. I do our show notes. I break the script. That's a callback. Ooh, <laughs> I nice. to, ooh, like that callback. I break the script and I try to flush it out as much as I can to take care of everything else. So I don't know how many hours a week that is, but that's, that's basically how we keep our podcast going at the moment. Yes, it is definitely a collaborative endeavor. And that does take up some hours. I would say we probably both spend, including our meeting time, maybe four to six hours a week on the podcast, at least. I think I go into maybe 10 hours with the editing. Does that sound right, Azizi? That's a lot, Malika. I don't spend 10 hours a week. I'd say it's been about three hours. Okay. Yeah. So there are some trade-offs that happen in my life because of this, <laughs> I'll be honest. But I think with things that you enjoy, you just find a way to do them. And that's been the case. So to Vicky's specific question about the household duties, I'm not cooking dinner right now. That's something that has really felt like a difficult thing considering the transition back to full-time work and daycare. And so I made a decision to look into some other options. We're doing factors right now, which they are not a sponsor. We don't have sponsors yet, but I do use that meal service. Just in terms of the other domestic duties, my husband Norm and I are pretty good about splitting things up. So I'm the kind of, call it food captain. I handle groceries and I do take advantage of grocery deliveries. As I said, I do the meal oh, yeah. service. I do a little bit of cooking for my son's foods, but very easy. I'm not really using the stove even. Norm handles the laundry. That's his domain. We also have somebody who helps us clean the house twice a month. That's a huge thing. So I'm not sweeping or <laughs> scrubbing anything. These are just things that we've decided to invest in to kind of make things smoother. And we also invest in childcare when we need it. So Sometimes on the weekend, we have a neighbor who's a teenager who will watch Indigo while we're both at home working on other things. So that doesn't happen every single weekend, but that is that is a huge help. And then we kind of divide up our weekend time with watching the baby between my partner and I. So we switch off so we can each do different things. And that happens a little bit during the week too, in the evenings. There are things that happen after the baby goes to sleep that precious time. I, I'm not alert for very long. <laughs> it's not my best time. 8 p.m. is her cutoff. <laughs> I won't say those are my best hours, but things, some things can happen then. 
that's that's kind of how we fit it in. I think if I was cooking dinner every night and cleaning the bathrooms and the kitchen every day, I wouldn't have time to do this or anything else. So Mm-mm. again, those are trade-offs that I feel good about right now. And I, I think it is a seasonal thing. I do love cooking. So I think there would be at some point, I'd like to try to work that back in. But for now, those are, yeah, some of the shifts that have happened. Yeah, I, I also have someone who, someone amazing who cleans my house twice a month. And that's essential. And I've, I've talked a lot about the support that I get from my husband, Grayson, around cooking and meal planning and food and things like that. I take advantage of my commute. I do as much as I can mm. on the commute. So listening to the episodes, I usually listen to them each twice, Happier and Happier in Hollywood. And sometimes Malika and I have admin meetings when we're commuting or one of us is commuting. And so I take advantage of that time that I wouldn't really be doing anything else productive. I text myself notes and things that I want to remember or you know ideas for scripts. It's just a little more flexible for me because my kids are older and they don't need my help in the same way. So I have more control over my hours and I I view this as the most amazing hobby. It's so rewarding. It's so much fun. Malika and I, you know, we were talking anyway about happier, usually on right. a commute or before work or after work. So taking this next leap has been so much fun. And we are right now recording episode 17, which is very exciting. And the next step for us, the next goal we have is to get some support with editing so that uh, Malika is not bearing that load. So we're looking into that and also getting some advertisers, getting some sponsors. That's like a wild west. So if you have ideas or suggestions about how we could go about doing that, we would appreciate it. But those are the next steps for us with Happier Ladies. And that those will also help make this more manageable and more sustainable for us because we want to keep doing this as long as we can. Absolutely. Do you want to show? What's the next question, Azizi? Our next question is from Angela, an obliger from Boston. And she says, I'm wondering what your tendencies are in Gretchen's four tendencies framework and how you use that knowledge. Great question. So we talk a little bit about our tendencies in episode 13. And I will say I am an obliger. How I use that knowledge is to really support myself in trying to get things done. Not just productive tasks, but anything that I really care about, I know that I need accountability in order to follow through. So over my adulthood, since I've had this framework, that has looked like getting coaching for various things. It has looked like joining groups, having an accountability buddy. Probably one of the biggest things is that over the past four years, I've had one accountability partner. Shout out to Melissa. We call each other life and productivity pals. And Mm -hmm. Melissa, we used to live in the same city, but now she lives in Chicago. We have a 30-minute call once a week where we just check in about our tasks and some mindset things. It's a very, we have a Google Doc that we use with a format and it's been a super supportive way to just kind of know there's somebody who cares about those little things. Sometimes we'll do text check-ins. We've kind of seen each other through different career changes. We both moved out of Los Angeles. There's a lot of life that has happened and it's 
that's pretty much the only way that we connect, but it works for both of us. And that's something that I think maybe non-obligers would not really be interested in as much, but that's kind of a piece that is always constant in my life, having somebody like that to check in with. What about for you, Azizi? Right. So I'm a questioner and I have, I've talked about this quite a bit. I learn and explore and make sense of things through questions. And so one of the things that I do is try to make sure that my questions aren't too burdensome. You know, like I try to have some self-awareness when I'm when I'm trying to get to the bottom of something with, you know, three, three million questions. Luckily, that is an advantage for what I do and the the spaces that I'm in for work. So I, I see that more as an asset than as a hindrance. But the other thing I do personally is I give myself the time and space to research. Mm. I really need to research before I can move forward or before I feel comfortable or before I'm convinced that I need to go in a certain direction. And I know that about myself. So I give myself the time and space to do that. I need to do it myself. (laughs) I can't, I I don't always benefit from someone else's research, although, you know, hearing other people talk about it is a part of the research, but doesn't necessarily just convince me. So it's, it's kind of when I'm ready, then I will move forward with something. And I know that about myself. So I give myself time and space to do that. And then I try to <laughs> I try to not get overwhelmed with uh with the research. So at some point you just have to leap and I remind myself also of that. Sometimes you have to just move. Don't get stuck in the research because I could definitely be someone who gets stuck and tries to get to the bottom of all the all the questions, which is kind of impossible. So those are some ways that I manage my tendency. Thank you for that question. So our next question is from Rebecca. She asks, when did you know that you were happier super fans? Which book is your favorite? And are you going to do the happiness project revisited? All right. So (laughs) I, I found the podcast first and I do not remember how, I mean, I'm really wrecking my brain. I have to go back to my journals from from 2016, I don't remember exactly how I came about it. I remember being aware of Gretchen through her conversations with Oprah. And I remember hearing about the Happiness Project, but I don't remember how I actually came to find the podcast. But I do know that it was like instantly I was in love and I shared it with Malika and said, you have to listen to this. And then Malika, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I listened to it. And I think Eliza was a guest host on the very first episode that I listened to, which I think she's been on twice in the history of the podcast. So that's funny that that was my first exposure. And I was trying to find the episode. I think I might have conflated several things. But the early things that I listened to that really stood out to me were the suggestion to create a timeline of your life. So... Mm tracking like every address you've ever had and every job that just seemed like such a great idea. That's one of the early things. And then also this suggestion around making a list of your favorite things was one of the first Mm -hmm. podcasts, (laughs) which obviously we're still talking about this today. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was, it wasn't an instant classic. I really resonated with it. And then it just became part of my life that I listened to every week. And then I don't know at what point I started listening to Happier in Hollywood. I think 
I learned about it through Happier, but I wasn't in on the ground floor. I think it was in their second year. And at that time, I was pursuing acting in LA. So everything there really just hit home for me. And that's something I tell everybody about. At one point, I was doing different workshops with directors, and I have been an evangelist of the Happier in Hollywood podcast, in particular to people in in the industry. So that became something, one of my kind of tools for just feeling like people got it. And it, it is such a specific thing to be in the entertainment industry and dealing with all of the rejection. And I felt such a comfort kind of listening to them every week. And even though that's not my pursuit right now, it's still completely resonates. Right. And I feel I get so much out of Happier in Hollywood just because I live in LA. <laughs> like just living in Los Angeles and working with people who work in the industry, it's important for me to have an awareness. Like it helps me sort of understand what they're going through. And also so many of the things they discuss, it doesn't matter the industry. So many yes. of the things they discuss are it's just about work and about balancing work. Um, and so that is something that, you know, definitely pertains to me and I, I appreciate their perspective. Azizi, what's your favorite book by Gretchen? I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise we'll be here a long time. Okay. Malika, my favorite book is, um, outer order, inner calm. And I just remember it just made so much sense. And the thing about Gretchen and her writing and the podcast, it's both soothing and stimulating at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? oh, I find that's it a so comforting description. and also so exciting. And just immediately thought about how to apply these concepts. And just the title itself is something I remind my myself. So, you know, Friday before I left my office, I have to tidy up my desk. I can't start my new week because, you know, outer order, inner calm. So what about you, Malika? What What's your favorite book? I think my favorite book is Better Than Before. I remember reading that around the time I was reading other books about habits and habit change. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so refreshing and really clicked for me that the concept that there actually is no right way, that there's, these are different strategies that you can use. You can use a combination, you can focus all on one, but at different points in your life, you're going to need different things and different people will need different things. And so that just opened up a world for me because I think I had been going at it, feeling like I had been failing because I wasn't able to keep certain habits or You know, I was just not getting the hang of it, but recognizing that there were so many different resources that I could employ at different times opened up my approach and allowed me to really honor myself more in whatever my aims were. So I think that helped me a lot as a coach too, just having that knowledge and the desire to help people figure out what works for them versus... Mm -hmm preaching a certain way of doing anything. So I really, I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. Are you going to do the happiness project? Why? Yes, I am, Malika. And so are you. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) 
We talked about this last week, but we're both going to do the happiness project. We're so excited to dig into this for the first time, and we'll definitely keep you posted along the way and tell you how it goes. I'm excited. I'm excited for this endeavor. Yes. We're in it already. It's January. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we are in it. I've already started completing the workbook and um, the I have yet the playbook. That's what it's called. I've already started the playbook. And Malika, we have to introduce ourselves on the platform. Yes, we have. <laughs> we need to meet our community. <laughs> That's next. We loved your questions and, you know, read each one of them and really consider them. So please send us your questions. Ask us for advice, whatever. We'd love to reflect and reflect with you. Keep those questions coming. All right. Our next segment is Happiness Boost, where we share something in our daily lives that's giving us a little boost of happiness. Azizi, <laughs> what's your happiness boost? Well, like, I'm so excited to talk about this. Like, I, I could not wait to talk about this. And I may be the last one to the party, but I, I don't think I am. So I was having, you know, happiness obstacles with nails and with gel nails. I felt like the only options were gel or dip. And they were just wrecking my fingernails. I inevitably, mm. one would come off or chip or crack. And then I would try to remove them all myself. And it just it after, you know, a couple of years of this cycle, it just wrecked my nails. So I decided I was going to take a break, step away for a few months from that cycle, try to grow my nails back. And then I was introduced to nail stickers, which are they're not press ons, which I'm also kind of a klutz at and don't like when they pop off. They're just literally stickers that are in the shape of your nails. And you apply them. And when they're applied, it looks like gel nails. It, lo it looks mm. neat and tidy. And, and for me, the trick is after you put them on, you put a coat of clear nail polish on if you to really make them last. And it's just like a game changer. It's, wow. it's better than a regular manicure because I would find a regular manicure would chip like the next day or even the same day. But these last, you know, a week, two weeks, it's, it's fantastic. And they come in fun colors. They're very inexpensive. You can find them on Amazon or, you know, I, I've found them for maybe $3 or less. So they're very inexpensive and, and they just last. Wow. So are they textured or they're flat? They're flat, but they different brands have different levels of thickness. So you can, you know, experiment with ones that you like, but the most important thing is when they are on, they look like a professional manicure. <laughs> and great. the sticker, the sticker itself, they have different sizes, so you can choose the one that's the size for you. They're they're long. So then the the tricky part is you have to file off the part that's too long and kind of tuck it under so that it's the right length for your nail bed. And then the other part, now this, I have to give a shout out to our hairdresser, Mecca, because I was, I was trying to do them while I was getting my hair braided one day and she, I was struggling and she's like, oh, you need to start with your non-dominant hand, which was a game changer. I don't know if you've ever heard this. So if you're ever giving yourself a manicure, you first do your non-dominant hand and that way 
or you first do your dominant hand with your non-dominant hand because that way it's it's a little wobbly, but at least you're not having the product on the nail also while you're doing it. Okay. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? <laughs> I don't know. So Describe I'm it in terms of okay, yeah. okay, right, yes, okay. So Malika, I'm right-handed, so I'm gonna start by applying the product to my right hand. So that's the that's the hand that's less um, with your that, left hand. With my left hand, so it's it's less. I'm less comfortable. I'm less confident, but at least my left hand does not have nails that are trying to dry mm. while I'm doing it. Now I always start by applying the product first to my right hand using my left hand. And then when I am going the other way, I have product on my right hand, but I can do navigate that so much easier when I'm now doing my left. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. I, and it's totally counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. You start with the thing that you're most easy, comfortable with. Right. Usually. That's natural and that's, thing. That's the natural thing. And that's what I've always done. But my you know, hairdresser was like, oh, no, no, no. This is what you should do. So that's how I'm doing it now. So that's another little bonus tip for you. Two in one. See? That's great. There you go. Well, I so, hope to see some pictures in the show notes. Absolutely. I'll put some links of different products in the show notes. And I may have, yeah, I can I can put some of the finished product also. Or on Instagram. Oh, good idea. That's a good idea. So now it's time for peaks and valleys. Because in life, there are always peaks and valleys. Um, and this is an odd episode. So Malika, you start with a peak. So my peak this week is that Indy has been taking two to three hour naps at daycare. Which, <laughs> if this is amazing, of course, like it actually literally has nothing to do with me. Because I'm not there. He's his own person. The daycare staff is supporting him. But in the realm of parenting and not having control over things, sleep is one of the biggest pieces. Like when he's sleeping, I feel so happy and so good that he's resting. And when he's not, I feel really like stressed out and like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing a good job. It's like this very tenuous thing that I have only so much ability to impact anyway. But now I'm on the upside of it. And so I can just enjoy that during the day, routinely, he's getting two to three hours of sleep. And shout out to the daycare staff, because they've really worked with him on this. And they've like honed in that his REM cycles 40 minutes, and they're like wow. next to him when he wakes up to make sure he doesn't wake up all the way. So they've really gone the extra mile. We get updates at the end of the day. So this is how I know. And it, it, there's just no sweeter feeling than knowing like that your child had a, a really solid nap at daycare. So That's I'm going to so ride exciting. the wave. Yay. A happy parenting <laughs> moment that has nothing to do with your parenting. Exactly. It's <laughs> the best ones. Wait, I think it's when your child is out in the world doing good things. Yeah. That's <laughs> still... Still feels good. Feels like you're responsible somehow. Yes. So I completely understand. I'm excited for Indigo for all the sleep <laughs> he's getting. <laughs> good for him. What's your valley is easy. All right. So this is one that I've had on my mind <laughs> for a little while. And I 
am disappointed that I was a PPP. So uh, what What this means to me, I just made it up. (laughs) Okay. I was pushy, plain person. Ooh. (sighs) This is terrible. It was, it was, (laughs) and it's funny because it started off with me. First of all, I get a little anxious when I fly. I don't love being on a plane. I've gotten, I've made a lot of progress. I've had to fly a lot (laughs) now that my sister lives on the other side of the country, but I don't enjoy it. And I really want to sit in the exit row so that I have room, especially when I'm with traveling with my daughters. And so I devised this whole strategy. Sanai and I were flying out of Burbank. If you know about Burbank, they board the plane and Southwest, maybe all the planes, but especially Southwest, they board the plane from the front and the back, which totally throws my strategy. I have a whole strategy where I need to be in the lineup and how I can, you know, set myself up to make sure that I get an exit. So I roped Sanai in, I think somewhat reluctantly to my strategy, which was we were going to split up. She was going to enter from the front. I was going to enter from the back. And then we were going to see whoever we had two chances then of getting to the exit row before anyone else did. And specifically the exit row with just two seats. So that way we're not sharing the row with anyone else. She has the window. I have the aisle. We have the extra leg room. It's beautiful. And so I was in the back coming in. She was coming from the front and it looked like we were going to get it. I was close. But then there was someone standing next to the two seat exit row. And I kind of got real close to him and like started to kind of put my bags in that seat. And he looked back at me and he's like, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought you were going to uh. keep moving. I had to really apologize because I got annoyingly really close to him and maybe pushed, you know, didn't physically touch him, but really like was aggressive in the space, getting in the space just so that I could get that two seat exit row. Well, his family was in the row ahead and he did end up sitting. That's where he was going to sit. But I just tried to make it go faster than it needed to. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad about that. That's a long story. (laughs) Well, you're only human. I am only human. And I need to turn it down a notch. So I have your compassion for yourself. (laughs) I have compassion for myself. I had to acknowledge to myself and to that, you know, (laughs) perfectly fine human being in front of me (laughs) and to my daughter. Well, I was really kind of a pushy in that moment and maybe I didn't need to be. So I'm going to try to check my plain etiquette in the future, not be so fixated on a specific seat. Mm. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Azizi, let's leave on a happier thought. What are you going to try this week? Well, I am going to jump into the chat of the happiness project and say hello. What about you, Malika? What are you going to do? I think I need to do the same thing. Oh, (laughs) good. Then we can both do that. We can both do it and talk about it later. Good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like us, rate, review, tell a friend, and follow us. We have over a thousand followers on Spotify now, which is quite exciting. So thank you so much for those who are already doing this. So exciting. Send us a message at happierladies at gmail.com 
and tell us something you liked about Happier and Happier in Hollywood this week, or ask us a question, or ask us for advice. We're open to all those things. Our theme music was created by Wyatt Muncie. And we also want to give a special shout out to Gretchen Rubin, Liz Kraft, and Sarah Fain for inspiring our conversation this week. You can find us on Instagram at Happier Ladies and on the web at happierladies.com where you can get the show notes for this episode. All right, it's easy. Have a happier week. Have a happier week, Monica. Bye. Bye. So our next segment is Happiness Helper, where is that? Yeah, the Happiness Helper, just Happiness Helper. It sounds like hamburger helper. It does. <laughs> Have we done this? That's what before? it says. <laughs> I don't know. I think you were calling it like a happiness boost.